Welcome to another edition of the Beyond the Boxcore podcast. Uh, Matt is, again, unavailable this week, but uh, we've, we've called upon uh, one of our very own Beyond the Boxcore writers and prospect enthusiast, uh, Satchel Price. Satchel, how are you? I'm good, Dave. How are you? Good, okay. Uh, yeah, and once again, Satchel is, uh, is, is currently right now in uh, is it Chicago. Uh, yeah, basically. Basically, Chicago. I'm like 20 minutes away. So. Okay. And I am in uh, West Hampton, New York, and uh, and sorry for the lack of podcasts in the recent weeks, but uh, we've all been busy. Uh, we're trying to doing our best, trying to get the podcast back, and we've got a really good one uh, for you today. We're going to talk mainly prospects. We're going to uh, cover the draft that, uh, sorry, not the draft, the draft uh, signing deadline that uh, that took place. Uh, I guess it was Monday, uh, Tuesday morning, Monday night, and um, there's, there's a lot of topic news, including the calls of uh, Joel Carino. Um, there was the European League All-Star game that I'd like to uh, talk about. There's a lot of stuff, Satchel, in terms of topics that he likes that we're going to talk about, uh, some sleepers. Um, Satchel, you ready? Yes, let's, let's get going. Well, um, I mean, obviously, I'm sure, uh, I know you, uh, two of us really, and, and tons of other people uh, who we know who just um, who are really uh, keeping an eye on the science deadlines for the players. Um, I think it's fair to say that we can, you know, we can both agree that it, it, you know, it took, it, there's a lot of strange events that took place. Uh, obviously, Josh Bell signing, Tyler B. is not signing. Um, so let's, you know, so let's just talk about the draft, uh, you know, the deadline and, and the way it, and the way it occurred. Because, um, you know, I know there was a lot of guys, a lot of names that surprised both of us. A lot of names that um, that surprised both of us in the, in the sense that, uh, that they didn't sign. Um, but I guess, uh, I guess I should ask, what are your, what are your first immediate thoughts on the, on the way that uh, that it went? I mean, my first thought is is just I can't believe they give the teams two months to negotiate, <laughs> just because I don't know what the teams were doing. For, I I wish that the deadline was way sooner, so that these guys could get on the field. Absolutely agree. Just because what I don't what what they do for the past two months. The July sixteenth signing deadline. I mean, that sounds so much better. It would be so much more worthwhile yeah. for all of baseball, except for the players. But that, I, I think, yeah, but I think that's kind of misleaded. I don't, I don't, is there really any proof supporting that pushing the deadline back two months as limited, as limited signing bonuses? Teams just spent, what was it, 200, $236 million on signing bonuses this year, which is like $40 million more than they've ever spent before. Right. And I'm pretty sure the commissioner's office has said the entire point of having the deadline pushed back is to limit how big the bonuses get. And I just don't think it's accomplishing. It's the goal it was set out to accomplish. Well, I, I completely agree. I mean, you, you're definitely right. Um, but if you're the players' union, don't you say something like, uh, like, well, you know, obviously we can get the players more money. I mean, I, yeah, even if it's not true, even, and it's not true, but the players' union would say, well, you know, players would get more money if we stretched it back a month. So, in quotes, negotiations would continue for that long. But negotiations obviously don't even start until, you know, maybe a week before the deadline with some players, you know? I mean, you, you even heard points where there were teams saying that they weren't even negotiating with the player till the day of because they're, you know, what, what's, you know, what's, how much is there really to talk about? Right. Well, yeah, I mean, even... I mean, there's obviously a lot to talk about, you know, they're trying to, you know, sell this kid on committing, you know, changing his entire life, but... No, it's crazy, but... um. I, I agree. I mean, I, I know, I know. I, you know, many people have talked about it. Many people who you know who know their shit have have said uh, it is it's ridiculous that the deadline is August 16th and not July 16th or whatever. Um, but I guess uh, back to the back to the players itself, back to the the event itself. Um, 
you know, Satchel, what are some of the, you know, what are some of the first things that catch your eye, um, which is the way that the, that the deadline, um, you know, wrapped up and whatnot? Um, you know, the teams that I was impressed that the Cubs got all their guys signed, uh, I, I, I didn't think the Padres would get Ross Kelly and Austin Hedges signed, so that was imp- you know that was impressive. I mean, for the most part, you just saw almost there weren't even that many guys that didn't sign. The big names they almost all went. Yeah, I think I think Tyler Beatty and and Austin for the Padres were the only two players I think in the first four rounds, five rounds didn't sign. Or no, it was I think three or four rounds that didn't sign and. Um, and yeah, I mean, I—I'll I, be honest. I, I was most surprised. You know, I was surprised that Josh Bell signed. Um, I was also pretty. Surprised. Yeah, I, w- I mean, there were a few signings that surprised me early on. Yeah, Matt Perk. Matt Perk. Yeah, I mean, Matt Perk signed. Josh Bell signed. Uh, as you said, the Padres did sign. Uh, Sean Dunstan Jr. signed, which I think was pretty astonishing. Uh, but you know, I mean, he said, you know, uh, I want my first round money. And he got it basically. I mean, he got more than I think he got more than Tyler Bead got, or sorry, Tyler Bead was offered, which and they were both, you know, um, Vandy commission. Um, I don't think it, that's right. What's that? Weren't the Jays offering Beatty like two and a half million dollars? Uh, didn't Sean Dunstan get two point seven? I think he got one point seven. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. Well, still, I mean, one point seven is first round money. Um, yeah. I, was, I mean, I, he was looking for like top ten money. Beatty yeah, wanted. He was looking like, for. Like, he was looking for like three uh, and a half. Land. Yeah, or whatever. But um, I was pretty surprised that Tyler B did not sign. I'll tell you something. This is, I was last night. I was talking with um, with someone in the Jays organization, um, and he. I mean, he he um, he was talking about how he, uh, you know, the Jays organization paid so much attention to these. I mean, you know, there were people there, you know, in um, Groton, Mass for a month, just staying, you know, just a month straight, watching him, watching him every day, watching him every bullpen session, every outing. Um, they were torn. I mean, they were really, really upset, surprised. Uh, they couldn't believe that he didn't sign. And and 2.5 million is more than enough to offer beat. I mean, it's well above, it's well over slot. Um, he, I mean, yeah, I, I think I think the bottom line is he really wanted to go to school. And, and you know, you can't blame you can't blame the guy for that. But um, I was, I mean, yeah, I was surprised, and I think most people were just shocked that he didn't sign. Right. I mean, yeah, I, I was definitely surprised too. I mean. It's hard to like criticize a kid for wanting to go to school, but it, it's so much money, and I think, I think a lot like uh, for a player to have that to make the kind of decision that that Bede made, you you kind of need to like have some potential to get into the top, you know, three, four, five picks where you have the chance to get a you know seven, eight million dollar bonus. And I remember I, I think it was Keith Law said that Bede isn't really that kind of projectable pitcher. Right. He's right. not. Yeah. He's not a guy like. Garrett Cole, where his stuff is going to, you know, take a big leap from here, and he's going to sit, you know, mid nineties with a hammer and everything. Beat, he said, Beat is more of like a two-three guy, and so he's going to. It's it's not likely he's going to get much higher than you know twentieth pick and a two and a half million dollar bonus. Right, and I can't see, and you know, three years down the line, four years down the line, when he when he when he gets out of Vandy and gets drafted again, I don't see him getting a two point five million. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah, you know. He, you got it. You got it. You know, when Perk passed on all that money, it seemed like a really good call after one season. And then it didn't, but he still got his money though. So. Yeah, Perk. I was surprised by that. I mean, I, I, I first of all, the Nationals spent I think like sixteen point five million on players, or I guess on their first four picks. Um, I I really like what the Nationals did. I mean, they they got 
obviously when they, when they drafted uh, the best players they could. Um, they got Meyer or Mayer. They got Rendon, Goodwin, and Perk. And at the time, you, know, you say to yourself, are they going to sign all them? Because those are four expensive players. I mean, uh, I think I think um, Mayer signed for the least out of them, or Goodwin. Mayer took two million. What's that? Mayer got two million. Yeah, and, and Goodwin got three million. So yeah. um, I can't believe Goodwin got three million. That surprised me. He's a good player. I mean, he's kind of like. You know, I, I, I see him kind of like a Denard's fan with with less speed and a little bit more power. Um, but he, yeah, all four. I mean, all four of those players are projected first rounders. If you know, for, for other reasons, uh, on talent alone, I guess. Uh, Matt Ferg, if he had, if he had been healthy, he's a he was a, you know one of the top five picks in the draft. Um, well, cl- clearly the Nationals think he can get healthy again. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you don't you don't give him four and a half million dollars unless you think that shoulder is going to be okay. Shoulder injuries are no joke. I mean, oh yeah, I mean. You know, I watched Mark Pryor basically go down the drain with the shoulder injuries. So, yeah, we've seen, um, we've seen, uh, you know, shoulder injuries have, and Brandon Webb too. Shoulder injuries have have really been more costly to players' careers than elbow injuries. Oh yeah, definitely. I, definitely at this point, you know, there's no Tommy John. There's no soldier uh, shoulder equivalent to right. Tommy John. You know, there's no like procedure that we've really mastered. No, absolutely right. To, to repair the shoulder. And who knows if there will be, but um, and, and we're going to talk about the National Farm System in a little bit. But I'll tell you, you know, Scott, there's a team, there's a team that I really like the way they drafted. I, I really like the way they handled the draft, even if they didn't get the most talent. I like the way that they went about their business, and that's just a little surprising. But um, that's the Mets, and I'll tell you why. You know, they got they they, they took Nemo, right, and uh, and they took um, Corey Carrillo, uh, Corey Mazzoni. Uh, Tyler Pill, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Logan uh, Barrett. Barrett, and you know they, they signed all of them, and 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 they got all of them. Signed. You know they they didn't take the most talent on the board, um, but they got some pretty good players. And I've heard a lot of good things about Tyler Pill. You know, possibly a number three, number four starter. Um, Corey Mazzoni is, is is a very good pitcher. Uh, Brandon Nimmo is an excellent athlete. I mean. Um, They've drafted some pretty bad players in recent years. They've, they've done poorly, and they haven't been able to sign everybody they've uh, they've wanted to in recent years. But Sandy Alderson got the job done, and I think it was uh, you know again there wasn't the most talent. Uh, you know they didn't, they didn't draft the most talent uh, that was on the board, but they got everybody signed and they added to the farm system, and um, and I like what they did. Yeah, I mean the Mets, you know they they didn't. They didn't always go after big names, but they, they they clearly went after guys that they thought that they'd be able to sign. I mean, in the fifteenth round, they got Philip Evans. They they spent you know yeah. I don't remember what was that six hundred fifty thousand or something. They gave him a lot of money, and that's you know fifteenth round pick, which is something they like never did. Like a couple years ago under Omar Minaya, they would never have given you know second round money to a fifteenth round pick. That's just never how they were ran. So I just even just seeing that is such a you know positive step in the right direction. Just to show, just to see that you know Alderson and company are uh, are, are are fixing the the draft strategy really, which was really bad for a couple of years there. Yeah, absolutely. You know when they, when they were selecting Eddie Kunz in the first round, or yeah, whatever, wow. you know, yeah, whatever his name is. You know, uh, they 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 had a lot of really bad drafts there. You know. The, the draft where they, their best player is Kevin Mulvey. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's you know, that's 2006. Um, yeah, Philip Humber. 
Yeah, then there was the Humber, you know, Humber draft. And then the year next year they come back, they get Mike Pelfrey. He's been really disappointing. You know, 2007, you're looking, I'm looking at their draft, the guys they drafted. The best player here has got to be Lucas Duda. Oh. And that's, you know. Oh. Yeah, I mean, Mike well, Pelfrey. Dylan G. All right, D- D- Dylan, you know, Dylan G. Is, but, like, in general, you just. It's good, yeah. It's a good step in the right direction for. A second time, you know, I liked their draft last year too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, getting Harvey, yeah. Corey Vaughn. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think, yeah, I think it was, um, it was, it was a much better draft than the recent years. And, and as you said, Mike Pelfrey, that's a crazy story because he was, I think, he was like the seventh pick in the draft. Yeah, he was a big I time mean, prospect. Is, is it fair to say that he's a bust? I, I, you know, a bust is a strong word. I, I, I don't. I don't think you can call a guy a bust when he's a solid, you know, back of the rotation starter. But he's definitely like really disappointing, you know. Yeah. He's he's basically a one, you know. He's got he's got his he's got his sinker or whatever. His you know two two seam fastball. I don't I don't know what he threw, you know. Yeah, that fastball that he throws with the movement, <laughs> but he's he doesn't miss bats at all. He has no ability. He has no off-speed stuff to miss bats with. Yeah, he's a twin pitcher. <laughs> yeah, um, he's a pitcher. And 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 another team that you know, I also like the way that they uh, that they went about their. You know, it's funny uh, the Cincinnati Reds. I think they took three or four, or I think four or five players from like the tenth round to the fiftieth round who were um, really tough signs, but they got the job done. They uh, I know Ty Washington. Um, in the forty-third round, they got him signed for like three hundred thousand. Uh, I know Amir Garrett. They signed, which is pretty funny. Um, the Reds also, uh, you know, I, I thought Robert Stevenson was a little bit of a of a reach, but um, they had a they had a solid draft too. And um, I like the way the Blue Jays drafted. I know that you um, also like the way that the uh, the, the Cubs drafted. With, yeah, uh, I mean, which is funny because Hendry got fired today, and you know, so I finally felt good about a Hendry move for once. You know, and then of course they they go out and let him go, so. But yeah, I think I think the Cubs did a really good job. You know, they got they got they 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 didn't have a lot of guys in their system that projected as a you know potential middle of the order big time bats, and so getting you know Baez, getting Dan Vogelbach, those right there, those are two guys that you know you could see batting you know in the third and fourth spots for them in twenty sixteen. No, way down the line, but I think I think Vogelbach has some of the best power in the draft. Oh yeah, I think he might have the best power in the draft. He's got, I mean, he's that's like the you know, that's his thing. I, you know, he's a second round pick because he's a big time power prospect. You got to, you know, hopefully he can play some defense. You know, hopefully he's not a DH. He's a big guy though, and he's only yeah. you know nineteen, which is always the scary part. You don't know how, it, you know, you don't know if he'll be able to develop like Prince Fielder and stay in shape and be athletic, even though he's still really big. Right. Well, we'll see. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, between between that draft and now the Hendry firing, I'm really geared up for the Cubs. To be <laughs> honest, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, well, let's move on. Let's move on, Satchel, and let's talk about some. Uh, let's talk about uh, you know, prospects, prospects, general prospects who are who uh, who are actually you know not who are not just signed a couple of days ago. Um, and and you know, I guess the big news of, of late, um, or at least semi big news uh, over the past couple of days is the Blue Jays uh, call up uh, Joel Carino from. Pitcher pads, and this is just a couple weeks after they called up Hendrickson Alvarez. Um, 
So yeah, and you know, I I, I was asked, I was asked for some questions about you know Carino. I I've seen Carino pitch um, a lot this year. Um, I'm not sure you know I'm not sure what you think stats are, but um, I, I mean I think he's uh, from what I've seen, from what I've um, heard from people on you know, on the team, uh, he's he, he's a, he's strictly a reliever. And I think uh, you know I've seen him I've seen him start and I've seen him have have success with starting, um, but he's you know he gets really fatigued. He, um, he loses it basically after the fourth or fifth inning. I, I mean, I think for one inning, and you know, um, it's funny because because uh, I know he was actually uh, I think a couple times he was uh, put in relief this year. Um, I think it was a it was a rain out or a rain delay, and he got put in or whatever. Um, he's shown that he could you know, he could be more effective um, if he's if he's in you know one or two innings rather than six or seven. Um, you know, but he has a, he has a good slider. He throws a slider. Um, you know, really consistent. Uh, so, you know, a really good, um, a really consistent arm slot. Has good break. Um, it gets a lot of swing and misses. Um, his fastball is, is, is okay. He doesn't really command it, um, but he gets a lot of swing and misses because the slider is so good. I um, mean, he's working on his changeup. Uh, he, you know, he's he's been really good this year for the pitcher cast, and he's helped him out a lot. Um, but I feel like if you if you have Joel Carino and, uh, and and he's you know, one or two innings, he's much more effective than he is um, in the six or seven. Because every I'll tell you something, I've seen him many times this year, and um, most of the time. He's Really lost it um, towards the later innings. Toward, I mean, and when I say later innings, I'm just talking about fourth, fifth inning. Um, right. I mean, you know, he's averaging like five innings a, a start. Yeah, but yeah. does he have a third pitch even? What does he use? A changeup? Well, he, I mean, yeah. A show me. A show yeah, me. Exactly. Change up. Yeah. He throws a changeup. Um, but he doesn't really command it well. Um, he hits batters with this sometimes, I've seen. Uh, he, you know, and also he, he's, he's a three-quarter guy, but sometimes, I mean, he's basically, he's like a, he has good deception, and he's like, yeah, his, his arm slot is really, really weird, and, and I think he, um, he much more just, I mean, I think I think everything would be, but also in terms of, of injuries, um, he's a reliever, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you got to... You gotta have. I mean, I, I really believe that unless you're, you you have two unreal pitches, you gotta have a third pitch to really pitch in the ro- rotation in the majors. So, I mean, but I was impressed by how he moved up to Double A this year, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he was in he was in Dunedin last year. I think he had like a hundred like eighty strikeouts, one hundred thirty innings. I mean, it was just something crazy like that. Um, and this year, he had a ton of strikeouts as well. Uh, most of most of the strikeouts come on a slider. And it's a it's a real I mean it's a plus pitch, uh, but his fastball isn't isn't plus. Um, he throws at 90 to 92. He's touched 93. He's touched 94. Um, he's touched 95, I think. Um, but he hasn't commanded well, and he he hasn't harnessed it well. He doesn't really follow through sometimes with it. Um, and yeah, I mean, but he empties the whole tank, you know, in the first inning. It seems like, and um, he, he he's a really aggressive pitcher. Uh, he was yeah, and and you know. A lot of people said that he, you know, that he, that he wasn't going to continue getting strikeouts after he moved to New Hampshire, um, but he, you know, but this season with the pitcher cats, he's he's really shown that he can, um, that he can still get the strikeouts, he can still get a lot of swing and misses, he can still, um, but yeah, but the problem is, um, yeah, and he doesn't walk that many batters, but the problem is he's just harnessing his stuff, and I think uh, a relief role is the best uh, situation for him, uh, but uh, you know, I, I still think he's going to be a, a pretty good major league pitcher, you know, whatever he does. Right, I mean, you know, if you have two really good pitches, you know, the bullpen is generally somewhere where you can thrive if you have any idea where you where the ball's going. Yeah. 
And uh, and yeah, and it, it's funny. I'm, I'm gonna miss all these guys. All my guys are leaving the pitcher cat. Henderson is gone. Uh, Danny Hitch Maria is gone. Carino is, is out of New Hampshire. Uh, Matt Daly is gone. It's sad, you know. Yeah, you're getting drained. I am. I am. Um, and also, I I know that. Um, I mean, that was a, that was a stacked team, though. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> Covering that team? Are you kidding me? It is. They are like the I'm looking at the ever. roster now. You just brought up like five guys that got called up in the past like two weeks, and they still have like yeah, they still have four or five really good prospects. Well, the whole lineup is still there. I mean, basically they had they had well, the whole lineup of Santa Dane. I mean, they have McDade is still there, Darno is still there, Ghost is still Ghost. there, and um, Mastroianni. Yeah. Mastro, well, Mastroianni, I think he just got moved up back to Las Vegas, but um, oh, he did. Yeah, um, but no, I mean the yeah. You know, there's still prospects there, but a lot of obviously there's a lot of of, uh, of, of losses, uh, most notably with Henderson Alvarez um, and Joel Camino now. But you know, it's funny, they, they still have Deck McGuire. He's actually injured right now. They they also yeah they also lost Zach Stewart, uh, but they have Chad Jenkins who's still there. So you know, it's called up Molina. Yeah, yeah, Nestor Molina's there. Um, Matt Daly is gone, but he was struggling. They have they have a guy who I really like. Who I, I think is going to get protected uh, this offseason is uh, Evan Crawford, who's 25 years old, but he uh, has you know really good fastball, a really good breaking ball. Um, probably, probably you know, yeah. I mean, he, he's a lefty, so I, I think he could potentially break camp with his team um, in, in uh, next spring. But uh, for now, he's you know he's really helped the pitcher cats a lot this year, um, and, and and that's really about it. You know, there's there's not many more guys. They have a you know they have a lot of guys who I like personally um, as as a player. There's some utility guys there, but yeah. Um, there's tons of talent in this team, and, and there, I told you this uh, before we started recording, is that uh, you know they could potentially uh, be the best team in the Eastern League now that Bryce Harper is, is, is not with the Harrison Senators for the next uh, for the rest of the season, basically. So, um, so we'll see what happens there. I'm moving on to some other news uh, regarding prospects. Um, I know continue. that. What's that? No, let's continue. I was I'm enjoying this. <laughs> I'm moving on to some other prospects. I know that you and I talked about some sleepers, and um, I know that you wanted to mention a couple guys. Uh, I'll mention my guy after. All right. Um, well, I mean, I, well, one guy, we, I talked with you about him a little before, but uh, Chris Parmalee is one guy, you know. I'm curious about him. I, I haven't really heard, you know, people, I feel like you get these, like, first-round prospects. They, 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 they disappoint for, like, a couple of years, and then people just kind of stop paying attention to them. But I mean, Parmalee was drafted out of high school, and now now he's hitting pretty well for Double A, and he's still you know he's only twenty three. He's got a he's a lefty, he's walking twelve percent of the time, so you know he's he's got a he's not, he's only striking out sixteen percent of the time. I I know he's a first baseman though, which obviously kills the value, but I think he's an interesting guy. You know, the Twins always I feel like the Twins might need a bat depending on where they end up sticking Joe Maurer. Yeah, like I mean, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't. I don't think. I mean, I don't think Parmley. I don't think Parmley is an outfielder. I think. I think he's a first baseman. Strictly. I mean, he's, he's he's kind of thick body. He's not really. He's not a good athlete. Yeah, I mean, I'm just wondering, you know, because they're gonna have to stick Mauer somewhere. Well, wait. Are, are we talking Mauer or Parmley? I'm saying. I'm saying that if Mauer doesn't go to first base, right. Okay. Then, then that you know, then then that might leave first base open for Parmalee at some point in the next year or two to get a shot. Well, I think I think Parmalee could definitely help the Twins. I'm not sure if he has much of a major league future based on 
based on what I've, I've seen and heard, but I think he, I mean, yeah, I think he could be a, a good major, a good asset to the Twins right now. I mean, um, you know, you know, he, I mean, he could DH, he could play from first with Morneau, obviously. Um, you know, Mauer, Mauer is still there down the plate, but uh, if he's playing first, yeah. Um, then, then probably, you know, it does kind of suck for Parmley, but, um, I, yeah, I think he could, I mean, I, I don't think he's, he's, um, as big of a prospect as, as, as he could have been, but, um, he could probably help, um, a major league team in some way. And, um, yeah. And, and I know a guy that I like, a guy that I told you about is a guy, a Marlins prospect who is, uh, is a Greensboro Grasshoppers catcher for the Marlins. Um, his name is Jacob Real Muto, who I think was drafted as a shortstop last year. And now he's catching. I, I've heard really good things about his glove. He has power. He can hit for average. Uh, he, you know, he's a really, he's a really strong guy. Uh, he's not out of shape. He can run. He, you know, he doesn't have wheels, but he can run. Um, so, and, and that's my guy. You know, I think you know he's not going to help the team until you know maybe 2015, 2014, earlier. Um, but I do see, I do see potential with him. Yeah, I mean, he's probably their best catching prospect now, which you know. Probably, you know, probably disappoints Marlins fans a little because they spent a number six overall pick on Kyle Skipworth like three years ago. That's, that's he looks so bad. That's just he's just done. Have you seen Have you seen his numbers this year, Skipworth? He's, yeah, he's in, I think like one ninety something. Yeah, he's in one ninety five. He's striking strict. He's striking out like thirty six percent of the time. Wow, that's that's pretty bad. Oh yeah, he's he looks totally lost in Double A right now. I don't know why they called him up so aggressive. Yeah, yeah, I, I was going to say that. I mean, maybe, maybe the best thing for him is to. Yeah, I'm not sure. Why, and, and, and you know, I'm not saying uh, this is a, a, a little bit of a, of a different prospect. I'm not saying this is the same thing, but you know, the Marlins kind of kind of rush their guys. I mean, Chad James is in Double A right now as well. Yeah, that. Yeah, they. He he was not good last year either. Oh. And yeah, I mean, I think their their farm system's looking pretty iffy right now. Just yeah. in general. Yeah. Although, there, yeah, I mean, it's pretty bad. But there are some guys in the lower levels. There's basically, I mean, there's, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, there's, there's almost no one, maybe with the exception of Chad James and Brad Hand, there's almost no one in, in AA or or even high A or triple A who's much of a prospect for the market. I mean, they have, they have a bunch of guys in Queensboro and low A. Um, there's a, a couple, there's one or two guys I like in Jamestown who I saw last night who I'm seeing again tonight. Um, and they have a couple, you know, they have a couple guys. Josh Hodge is the guy I really like. Um, who I saw, you know, I saw him in the All Star game a couple of days ago. He, uh, he, you know, he was really working all sides of the plate. He was challenging hitters. He was throwing uh, a good fastball. Uh, you know, throwing downhill. He's only he's only 20 years old. Um, they have another guy like who needs to work on his command, but he throws 95 miles an hour. And six and five is uh, Blake Brewer for Jamestown. Who's another uh, sleeper prospect. He, he, you know, he has a uh, Pretty bad uh, slider command, but uh, the fastball gets a lot of swing and misses. Uh, he has a good changeup, uh, and then after that, you know, there's really no one else. You know, there's really no one else in pro ball. They have Jose Fernandez, who they just signed. Uh, Adam Conley is pretty good, but uh, well, Rob Rasmussen was supposed to be pretty good. Oh yeah, year. Rasmussen too. Yeah, he, I mean, I, I I still think he could be a good reliever. I yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's not a great year either, Rasmussen, but. I don't know why they'd skip Skipworth past Jupiter. I'm still trying to figure out why they thought calling up Skipworth from 
single A to double A. He just skipped right past high A after batting 250 with, you know, he struck out 30% of the time in high A. I don't know why they thought things were going to be any different. Well, I mean, he's, he's yeah, and, and, and he's the first, I mean, there's so much money on him. And they're rushing him, basically, you know? Right, they, I mean, they clearly are trying to get something out of their investment, but he is so, his swing is a horrible swing. So long. Takes is freaking forever to get through the get across the plate. Uh, Which I just hope there's a chance. I, mean, I, I don't I don't see him anywhere near the potential that you know they saw him fulfilling when they drafted him. But I mean, if he if, you know he's, he's only what he's twenty one years old. Yeah, he's twenty one. So potentially there's still time. I mean, yeah, but I, I mean, what's he doing in Double A? I don't get it. Right. I mean, it seems entirely too aggressive. And I just checked. Chad James hasn't hit double A yet. He's a Jupiter. Okay, I was thinking yeah. that, but then yeah, I said that he's double A. Yeah. Okay. But he's actually he's had he's had a better year. He, he, he is there is there like I don't know I don't know what kind of batted balls he gets. I'm not I don't I don't know him that well. But his he's getting killed on balls in play. Chad James. He was at 337 last year. He's at 351 this year, in batting average and balls in play. Yeah, his ball, you know, his fastball, uh, you know, he has a very awkward delivery. His fastball is kind of hittable. Um, is it straight? Pretty well, straight. yeah, yeah. It's also, I think the hitters see it uh, pretty easily. Um, he has good off-speed stuff, but he, yeah, you know, he's, uh, yeah, there's some questions for him. But, you know, again, like Kyle Skipper, he's still very young. He's still a lot of time, although I think, I mean, I think as of right now, it's pretty fair to say that Chad James is, is, is one of Marlon's top three prospects, or top Top four prospects. Um, I, I still believe in him. I, I don't see him as, as, as you know, like Skipworth. Uh, I don't think he's going to be as good as Marlon thought as best to draft him. But there's a lot of, uh, I, yeah, but well, his balls to play, as you said. I mean, that's, that's, I don't like to use uh, those kinds of stats for minor leaguers, but clearly, as you said, uh, he is getting killed on balls to play. Um, so maybe, well, you know, yeah, obviously in the lower minors, you know, it's where the defense is worse. You know, there are a lot there are a lot of different things that go into play there. But, you know, he's pitched almost you know, he's pitched over two hundred and fifty innings now with a with a batting average on balls in play over three forty. Well perhaps uh, some refining. Maybe the Marlins will check that out next week training up. Yeah. I mean I, I would see the he's just not he's just not placing balls in the zone well. Yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, not, he's not walking that many guys. No, he's season. not. Uh, but you know, he's not getting many many strikeouts, many many whips. Hey, I'd, I'd, uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, I'd keep an eye on that. Although I don't, I wouldn't take it with, you know, with too much. Um, I wouldn't read too much into it because, um, you know, this is the minor league, um, and, and we don't really know what's going on. Um, but as you said, no, I mean, I mean, you can't disregard it. But um, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about some other uh, prospects. I know, um, you know, uh, you and I have talked about potentially, uh, you know, uh, seeing. Uh, well, you know, obviously, I'm uh, you seeing more, uh, you know, some. I guess, I guess the Potomac Nationals or the, the, the Bowie Bay Sox. Um, let's talk about some Orioles prospects because there are a couple of Orioles prospects uh, potentially playing for Bowie in the near future. Like the, the Cubs, you know, you and I talked about the Cubs farm system not being that bad of a farm system. It may be a top 10 system. Um, one, well, one farm system that's taken plenty of steps back in recent years, um, although I think it's taken a lot of steps forward now, is the Orioles farm system. 
Um, they just drafted. Uh, they just drafted and signed the Nikki Delmonico, who is a tough sign. I like uh, their draft. Yeah, I thought they had a good draft. Yeah, and and, and, I, and there's a lot of the prospects in the organization who are really um, making a lot of strides. A lot of guys who I've seen this year for Aberdeen, guys like Parker Bridwell, um, Michael Givens is okay, but Parker Bridwell they have uh, Manny Machado, obviously Bobby Bundy. Um, they have a couple of guys who I've seen, you know, Bowie is L.J. Hose. Um, I know that Xavier Avery isn't that, isn't that big of a prospect, but um, Stats, what do you think of the Orioles' farm system? Um, well, the, this was the, this draft was big for them because they, they were they were shallow coming into this year, realistically. I mean, there's Machado. You know, I mean, you, know you can go on forever on how good Manny Machado could be, but in general. It, they don't really have an elite prospect if you get beyond him now, because Britain Britain's in the rotation. I, I like Jonathan Shoup a lot, yep. but you know, well, they have well, actually, well, not the, the draft has really helped. That's that's the thing is the draft they got Bundy. I think Bundy's like Bundy. I think Bundy's already one of the top you know twenty twenty five prospects in the game. I agree. And then and so right there and then I think uh, Jason S is it. The guy, the guy got from Vandy. Yeah, third baseman. Yeah, Jason Espinosa. I, you know, he. They, I think I was surprised that he only signed for six hundred thousand. But I think he's, you know, he's really good. I'm, I'm curious to see whether he's the third baseman long term or whether, you know, Josh Bell. Josh Bell's really done nothing in the past like year. But in general, I mean, it's really the pitching is what scares me in Baltimore. Because. There's a nasty habit there of pitchers failing, kind of, when they hit the majors. And this has been going on for a while. Right. You kind of saw this one, you know, a couple of years ago when they brought up guys like Troy Patton and Daniel Cabrera and, the, you know, all those guys. And they struggled. And now this new wave was supposed to come in and be totally better. And then, you know, see, you see Matus, Matus is having issues. You know, Britain's been good, not great. Arietta's down now. Till you know, Chris Tillman's been getting killed. It's it's. I'm worried. I think that I, I I mentioned this on Orioles Hangout a couple weeks ago, but I I wonder if it's something systematic. Like it's it's something in the system that they're doing consistently wrong. Well, well, here are my thoughts on that, and, and I agree. But um, if you look at all those pictures that you mentioned, um, I guess with the exception of Daniel Cabrera, how many of those guys are flame throwing? You know, lights out. Um, you know, swing and miss starting pitchers. Well, I, I remember Matus doesn't doesn't light it up with the fastball, but he was supposed to have two, you know, three plus pitches out of the left hand. You know, if you're a lefty with three plus pitches, most people expect that you'll be able to miss a good right. amount of bats. All right. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, well, Brian Madison. Okay. Yeah. He he he. Uh, I mean, he's still. He, I think he was hurt last year. He was recovering from injury this year. He slows time, but. If you look, I mean, okay, so, and some pictures just don't pan out, but um, when you have Jake Arrieta, Zach Britton, Troy Patton, um, you know, Chris Tillman, um, all these guys who are, who are pitch-to-contact guys, and then you look at, um, you know, Parker Bridwell, Dylan Bundy, Bobby Bundy, um, they have a lot of guys down in the system who are, you know, who are flamethrowing, um, you know, maybe not flamethrowing, but really good, uh, pitch to, you know, swing-and-miss guys, guys who get a lot of uh, strikeouts. You know, we had a lot of batters off balance. Some guys don't walk that many hitters. Uh, guys who throw really hard. You know, um, they haven't had many of those guys in the in, in the majors. And 
Brian Mattis, if you've seen, I mean, I, I, I know you've watched the Satchel. Um, he'll touch, you know, he'll hit eventually, you know, occasionally he'll hit 94, 95, but he normally is just 91, 92. Yeah, he's this year. He's been he's, this year. He's been hitting ninety. Ninety. Yeah, he looks. Yeah, he looks totally. He's injured this year for sure. But yeah, I mean, well, we, I, oh, we know he's injured. Yeah, he's clearly injured. But it's he. He was not healthy when he was pitching this right. year, and you can tell. And, and Dylan Bundy throws ninety-five. Um, uh, Mike Wright, a guy who I didn't mention, Mike Wright throws ninety-five, ninety, you know, ninety-four, ninety-five. Um, a, a couple guys I didn't mention: Clay, Clayton Schrader, an excellent pitching prospect, more of a reliever, but a really good pitching prospect. Uh, they have Robert, or not Robert Klein, Daniel Klein, who's currently hurt, but he's a very good pitching prospect. Parker Bridwell throws 95. A lot of the guys coming up, and it's going to be interesting to see, because as you said, it could be a, system, it could be a systematical flaw with the organization, but um, a lot of these guys have a chance to be above average um, pitchers with, with really good stuff, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, although it's a good point. I mean, I, I, I do, I do, I, you know, I really like what you said about it could be a systematic flaw. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I, I do like, yeah, I do like a lot of the guys that I think Bridwell's great. Like you mentioned, he's got the big stuff. Bundy's the Bundy brothers. Both, both are intriguing, but it did. It, it is. It's a pattern. You can tell you can, they're, it could be a coincidence, you know, may, you know, you're, yeah, you mentioned it's pitchers. Maybe they're just, you know, maybe they've just ran into some bad luck. Cause that, you know, that happens. But at a certain point, I think you look at this and you realize, you know, their hitters haven't been that bad. You know, Markakis came on the scene and was huge for a couple of years. I mean, he's pretty okay now. You know, Adam Jones is making strides. Matt, Matt Wieters is totally underrated. Matt Wieters is a very, very good defensive catcher yeah. that, you know, I mean, their, their hitting is, is, their hitting is developing sort of. <laughs> Not, I mean, in general, the development the development of their young players hasn't been great, but the pitching has really stood out to me because it seems like for five years now we've heard about how Baltimore's pitching is bad, but the young pitching is coming and it's going to get better, and then these young pitchers come up and they're they really struggle and this is I feel like this has happened like three times now. What's going to happen is, uh, you know, I'll, I'll let's just cover a few more subjects because I want to let you go, and uh, and we're going to do more of these. So we don't want to we don't want to give away too much of our minor league knowledge. You and I are two of the smartest minor league guys in the in the in the world, right? Entire world. So, so we don't want to give up too much of our of our information um, in one podcast. We'll do this again soon. But, um, but you know, if we talk about the New York Penn League a little bit because I've been dying to talk about the Penn League. Which you know, I've I've seen most of my games there this year. And, um, and listen, Chad, I was I was the All Star game a couple of days ago. There was a ton of talent there, and a lot of talent that we need to talk about. Um, let's see, first and foremost, uh, Mason Williams. Yeah, Mason Williams, wow. He's, well, what a hell of a year he's had. You know, I, I've, gotten to see him, I've gotten to see him a lot this year. Um, Staten Island is only, is only an hour from me. Um, he, he is, I mean, he's first on the team. Uh, really, really, really good baseball instincts. Knows how to hit, knows how to... I mean, he, he he drives the ball. He's like, I mean, he's like 150 pounds, but um, he is extremely good. Uh, tons of bat speed. You know, really good jumps in, in center field. But he's a center fielder. I mean, he is a center fielder. He's not going to move to a corner, obviously. Um, and he is. I mean, and, and I was talking. I was talking to Jason Gray about this. Jason Gray, uh, he's, uh, you know, a fantastic guy, really good right, prospect yeah. guy. Uh, Jason yes, Gray. Yeah. yeah, and Jason Gray told me that you know, there's, you know. And because Mason Williams, um, he's 
very, very uh, aggressive at the plate. He swings very early in the count. But it's not. I mean, but, he, but he's hitting all the pitches that he should drive. You know, um, if someone if someone really hits early in the count and they hit a lot of you know a lot of balls to you know to shortstop second base, um, they have bad plate discipline. Or sorry, they have bad strike zone judgment. But if you're getting balls that you should drive, you know, maybe swings gets fastballs down the middle, hanging sliders. But instead of taking them, he hits them, and he and he hits them to like you know like the gap in center, or sorry, to the gap in left center, to the gap in right center. Um, he lies up the middle. Um, he, I mean, he has tons of tons of talent at the plate. He knows what he's doing. Um, he's the best prospect in the league. Yeah, I mean, he's. I, I don't know if I, I. He's definitely up there. There, there are a lot of good prospects. I, I like Mason Williams a lot. And I mean, what do you think? Do you, do you think he's better than Heathcott now, Slade? Heathcott. Well, yeah, well, Slade. Slade is um is not with uh, Staten Island, but um. Right, I know. I'm just saying. Do oh, you think oh. Mason has surpassed Heathcott as the top center field prospect in that system? Absolutely, absolutely. I I, I still believe. I mean, listen, I still believe in Heathcott. You know, right, um, you know, he's got still the tools. Yeah, but I, but I think that's saying a lot about Williams. I think Williams is um, is an excellent, an excellent, excellent, excellent uh, potential future center fielder for the Yankees. Uh, just you know, tons of tons of tools. It's a great idea for hitting. Really good baseball instincts. You know, his jumps are just instinctive. Um, really good bat speed. Really good. I mean, tons of speed. He steals bases. He gets the first real easily. Um, I know he's got a good swing. I know. I know scouts like his swing. It's it's a it's an awkward swing. He kind of he, he, you know he's one of those uh, players where he, you know like he's moving out of the box, you know like when he swings. And it's, right, it's a little slappy. It's it's slappy. But, it's but you know but 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 it, it's fixable. It's easily fixable. Um, but you know what? It's a contact at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not a he's not going to swing and miss too much. But Mason Williams is not, you know he's not he, he's not the only guy at Staten Island who's been opening eyes. And again, I've seen that team a ton this year. Um, there are two other two other prospects, two other hitting prospects, um, who really have caught my eye. And, uh, one of which is um, a guy I know you like, Cedar Culver. Yeah, see, yeah, Cedar Culver. Who, who who's really improved? I mean, uh, coming into the season, um, the word was that he was a horrible left-handed hitter. Uh, he, you know, he's he's not, you know, he's still he's still working on things, but he's really improved uh, that aspect of his game. Uh, he, you know, just a really simple approach to the plate. Nothing too. You know, there's not much movement in the swing. Um, he doesn't have a long swing. He has, you know, it's a very simple stroke. Um, but he's not a slap hitter. He, you know, he drives the ball as well. To, I saw him hit a, you know, um, an opposite field double um, to the gap and in, in center almost went out. Opposite field home run, but it wasn't a home run. Um, there's there's Culver, there's Angelo Gums as well. He's a pretty good player. Um, who, who is, I mean, I think he has some of the most power in the league, and he's a second baseman, which says a lot. You know. Yeah, he's a huge athlete. Yeah, and and, uh, and and you know, unfortunately, he's missed some time. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say I question his makeup issues, but um, sometimes I feel like his focus isn't completely there. But that's a different story. Um, that's, that's probably not something to worry about. You know, but um, well, I mean, you know, he's he's 18, so that's that's true. I just I just you know I just think you hope when it you know if you see an 18 year old that's not completely focused, you'd think it'll click soon. Right. You know? No, that's Not true. every 18-year-old's as committed to their craft. But, you know, I mean, I mean, I, I really like that. Yeah, you, you, the Staten Island Yankees have a few really interesting guys, though. And and there's also, um, you know, I'm not... Well, it's a little interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm not sure how you feel about, about, about um, technically, I guess, like, like reliever prospects at this low level. But 
Uh, when you see guys throwing 95 miles an hour, uh, you, you know you can't. You know, it's not a joke. You can't just you can't just like, disregard them if they're not a starting pitcher, if they're a reliever. But uh, the Staten Island Yankees have two guys who who are worth keeping an eye on going forward. Is uh, Zachary Arneson, who throws like 96. He has a 90 mile an hour slider, and they have Brandon Pinder, P I N D E R, who is pretty much the same thing as Arneson, but um, just more of a more arm strength, uh, a better delivery, uh, a less a less crazy delivery. Um, and they have some starting pitchers too. They have Evan DeLuca, um, who's, who's lost his velocity on his fastball, but still gets a lot of swing and misses. And they have Ryan Mitchell, who's pretty good as well. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm not going to get like crazy about a good relief pitcher in the lower minors, just because, you know. But I'm not. You know, I'm not going to ignore. Yeah, I mean, as you say, if a guy's throwing 95, you can obviously build on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, you can. You know, it's not it's not that far from throwing ninety five and having some idea of go where it's going to being a, a good relief pitcher in the majors. Just because I mean, there are a lot of guys in the majors that have one really good pitch and decent command, and they're you know, they're they're working. I mean, Jeff Samarja has been around for a while. He, yeah, they keep putting him in. I feel like every time I go to a Cubs game, they bring him in. And he walks like four guys, but. Well, um, yeah, and, and I, I completely agree. Um, Satch, let's um, let's uh, let's say goodbye for today. Um, let's do this again sometime soon, maybe next week. All right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if you'd like to follow Satch on Twitter, uh, please do. He is at at Satchel Price. Uh, you could also uh, check his, you could also check out his work at Beyond the Box Score, uh, maybe three, four times a week, as well as MLB Daily Dish, which is I believe seven days a week, maybe six days a week. Yeah, I'm on I'm on MLB Daily Dish pretty much every day. Yeah, yeah. So so check out his work and uh, give him a follow on Twitter and uh, expect him back on the podcast. Uh, Sad, thanks for doing this, man. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've I've never really done the podcast before, so I I apologize for my possible awkwardness. I, I promise I'll get better. <laughs> well, thanks, Sad. I need you know. We will become so good. <laughs> we will become the elite podcast. We will. Ever, we will, we will be on MLB Network Radio with Goldstein and Mike Fair. No, uh, yeah. there's, there's no <laughs> doubt about it. <laughs>